following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Johnson backpedaling, just floats it. Passes, juggled and intercepted. Back the other way for the Commanders in the arms of Jartavius Martin. And Martin's got room to run. Does anybody want to catch him? Can anybody catch him? And he's out of bounds inside Ravens territory. 17 seconds left, no timeouts for the Commanders. Good protection again. Touchdown, Deami Brown. Kick is good. And with nine seconds left. Uh, what Joe Black said after that was with nine seconds left, the Commanders take a 29-28 lead. They hang on to win. And, of course, I'm contractually obligated to mention that they break the Ravens' preseason winning streak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Glad that you're with us. We're getting ready for preseason finale, preseason game number three. Just a couple of minutes, we're going to have the big man, Mitch Tischler from Monumental Sports, as well as the Beltway, the Capital Beltway podcast. Join us. He'll get his, we'll get his take on how the commanders look here two games into the preseason. We did not learn a lot about the defense against Baltimore because of the fact that Jack Del Rio sat just about every starter with the exception of Jamin Davis and Cody Barton. Uh, those were the only guys that I saw on defense that started and got any specific uh, playing time. The latest on uh, on uh, Terry McLaurin, to jump over to the offensive side for a second, looks like it's just a day-to-day thing. Uh, with his toe. It could be a turf toe. However, it does not look like it is hugely uh, problematic. And I got a feeling with a little bit of rest, we will see Terry on the field opening week against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so let's jump into it. How did everybody look? Uh, We've been, there's been a lot of talk about that, and we'll talk about it with Mitch in just a few minutes. And I think that What you have to take away from Monday night is that people will, the naysayers especially, will make a big deal about the fact that, well, Sam Howell looked good, 19 of of 25, 188 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, did take two sacks. He said those were his fault, but a QBR of (laughs) 123.4, which is incredible. Now, the naysayers will say, yes, it was against the Ravens second and third string defensive players of course he could have stunk the joint up against the second and third defensive lines of the Ravens so Sam Howell came in and did what Sam Howell was supposed to do against the second and third stringers for Baltimore so did Jahan Dotson five catches 76 yards 
Um, so I, I think when you look at it overall, you've got to say that, yeah, that's a good sign. The fact that Howell, Dotson, et cetera, that the offense did what the offense should have done against second and third stringers, just like they did against second and third stringers against Cleveland in the preseason opener. The big question, of course, is how are they going to fare against first stringers? Did not fare very well against Cleveland two weeks ago, and we're not going to find out until regular season week one in Baltimore. A couple of rookies that did get first-team reps on defense, Quan Martin and Emmanuel Forbes, their first two picks played fairly well. Martin's interception in the end zone, of course, returned 57 yards. Now, yeah, he did get beat on the play, but he had the athleticism to make up for it, didn't quit fighting, and then, you know, made the juggled catch and took it took it out. Forbes missed a couple of tackles in the open field, especially one, I think it was on third down. I'm going to talk to Mitch about that. Um, but he also made a really nice stop on a third down play, a one-on-one tackle that uh, that forced the Ravens into a punting situation. So all in all, I think the bottom line here is that the commanders did what the commanders were supposed to do that night. Uh, it was not anything spectacular in the largest sense of the words, but it also wasn't anything concerning. There have been many, many years that we have watched the commanders struggle in preseason, particularly the first team units against the other team's second team units, and they haven't looked good. So at least there's not that. Now, how that translates into the regular season, I don't think we're even going to find out really until week two or three because week one is supposed to be there for the taking against the worst team in the league, presumably, a game they should win. When we come back, Mitch Tischler, the big man from Monumental Sports, joins us. We'll get his take on what we saw preseason week two. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Even if you're not going on vacation this summer, it's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to my favorite playlists that I'm using at the gym, whether I'm using it as headphones, watching something on the computer or the tablet. I just need to retreat inside my own head for a little bit, and I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer that sometimes you just need a little upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or stay calm with some guided meditation. Again, I I did a new playlist, as a matter of fact, for the gym a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I know it doesn't look like it, but I do go to the gym, try to get there three to five days a week, and I tell you what, the great thing about Raycon's are they the best way to listen to it? The earbud tap functions will toggle between three customizable sound profiles, including noise isolation and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life. Think about that. You charge them up. If you're working out an hour per day, a month, if you're not using them for anything else, but hopefully you are. This includes eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit around. And they start to half the price of the other premium audio brands, and they sound just as good. Trust me, they do. Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Buy right now. Listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com 
slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Time to bring on the big man, Mitch Tisler of Monumental Sports. You see him on the sidelines in every Commander's game, and you can hear him on the Beltway podcast. I hope I got the new name of the show right. Big man, thanks for joining us. Happy to happy to be here, the Beltway Football Podcast. Anywhere you get your good podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all those places, come listen to us. It's one of the top ten when it comes to football podcasts. We love it. All right, so let's, let's dive into it, Mitch, um, and, and we'll just – start with the pregame and i know it's i know you guys discussed it discuss, discussed it last night it's been widely discussed uh, the morning after the game but what was the vibe what was the what was the zeitgeist as we like to say here uh, like last night how different was it from years past i mean it was different it was, you know it, it had the it's definitely different than any preseason game that we've had uh in washington in a while i mean certainly there have been some big games over the years that have had, you know, a little juice on the sidelines, but you had a lot of people there, Deshaun Jackson, Wale, Wes Moore, uh, Joe Gibbs, obviously Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Mark Ein. folks were there. They were, it was a, it was a place to be seen. Uh, Wes Moore, the governor of Maryland went out and did the uh, opening coin toss with the, with the commanders. I mean, you know, it's uh, it went from a, from a place that, that folks didn't want to be associated with to now everyone's trying to get in. Does that just blow your mind the way it it uh, it kind of changed so dramatically since the sale? I mean, we all knew it was going to change, but that it's changed this dramatically in like a month and a half. No, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that much. I, I've said forever that this Washington fan base was a sleeping giant. And, you know, Dan Snyder was that giant that was that giant killer that was uh, keeping everyone down. I mean, I think we're going to see on September 10th against the, the Cardinals, a uh, sold out or, or damn close to sold out FedEx field. I mean, we've seen it at training camp, you know, all preseason long five to 10,000 fans there every time they've had, you know, it opened to open for them to, to come watch uh, Folks are super excited about this team. They have every right to be. And the best part about all of it is that the play on the field is starting to match the excitement from the fan base. And, you know, the, the Sam Howell has done everything that you could ever ask of him in the preseason to prove that he deserves to be your week one starter. And, we're going to have probably the better part of 17 games to figure out whether Sam Howell is going to be that QB of the future. Well, since you mentioned him, let's I'll jump ahead on my on my list of questions. But and I heard uh, JP earlier today talking about Howell's aggregate stats for the you know for the first two preseason games. But how are we supposed to look at his performance of the preseason? I mean, it was the twos and threes on defense for the Ravens last night, but at the same time. We've seen it. You and I have both seen it in years past when the uh, the commander starters play against backups on uh, and the offense doesn't do anything. I mean, he was supposed to go out and do that last night, and he did. How do we? Where? How do? How are we supposed to feel about this? You think? I, I think you've got to feel good about it. I mean, you know, you can only play against the guys who are out in front of you, and you're looking at a guy who was accurate with the football, quick in his decision making did a good job of working through his reads at a constant pace, didn't turn the ball over, you know, through two games, he's taken two probably questionable sacks, you know, where he probably held the ball a little too long. That's something that, you know, he did at Carolina a little bit, but he's a young quarterback. There's, it's not going to be perfect. He's not going to, you know, step up and be a, a superstar right away. So yes, there's places to grow, 
but for the most part, you got to love what you've seen out of him. You know, even when he makes little mistakes, like uh, when he came out for the two-minute drill last night against the Ravens at the end of the first half, the first play, I believe he made a mistake with the uh, protection and left a free rusher out uh, on the left, ended up taking a sack for seven yards, and then marches the team all the way down the field and uh, scores a touchdown right before halftime. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, uh, intestinal fortitude, moxie, kind of whatever word you want to use for it, that, uh, that you know, you want out of your quarterback. And it's something that we've seen during the preseason. It's something we've seen during training camp. And we've seen now in the preseason, when he makes a mistake, he steps up and he does what he can to correct that mistake. And uh, and I like seeing that. Now, for anybody that, that listens to the pod, you know that the big man loves the offensive and defensive lines. That's his specialty is the trenches. So that's why I defer to you on this. What did you think of what we saw about – we? saw the backups on the defensive line. So you almost have to give the defense a pass on that, but the offensive line against the Ravens twos and threes, what'd you see? They look good. I mean, kind of the same as we said with Sam Howell, where you got it. You can only play against the guys in front of you. I don't know that the Ravens have the strongest pass rush with their starters. Nonetheless, the depth on their team. So you can only take what you, what you can from it. One thing I liked seeing was a lot of good communication uh, along the front. Um, Early in the game on the uh, second drive, second offensive drive uh, on second down, uh, one of the plays I talked about when Sam Howell, held, Sam Howell held the ball too long and took a sack, the, the Ravens ran a nice stunt on the right side of their, or the left side of their D-line, right side of the commander's offensive line. And Sam Cosby and Andrew Wiley did a very good job of communicating, passing off the rushers to each other, giving Sam Howell a pocket and a chance to throw the ball. Ultimately, Sam held it too long and took a sack, but those little things are what you want to see in the preseason, the communication and kind of getting better, not making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's what we're seeing out of these guys across the board on the offense. And I think you have to be, you know, cautiously optimistic about it and, you know, hope that they're able to kind of keep that up when we get to the, uh, up to the regular season. But, you know, between um, what the guys showed up front uh, last night and, you know, Sam Howell and his communication with the O-line, you're seeing the growth happening. You're seeing them come together and uh, and I think it's uh, I think it's something that um, that hopefully is a, a, a smaller impediment than uh, than we thought it was going to be coming into the season. Yeah, I thought Andrew Wiley and, and Sam Cosme both played really, really well last night, especially Wiley, considering, uh, you know, the Cleveland game. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, Andrew Wiley is a, a, a excuse the pun, a Wiley vet. He's been <laughs> around the league for a while. You know, you know, Eric Bieniemy knows who he is. You know, if Eric Bieniemy didn't think he could play, I don't think he would be sitting here starting as your right tackle in Washington. And so, yes, he had a really bad game against the Browns, but he is a veteran, and you have to expect that that's not going to be what you're going to get out of him because he's a guy that's been around the block before. You know, you, you can look back at some of the other veterans that the team brought in between Norwell and Trey Turner over the years, you know, who didn't pan out very well. But those guys didn't necessarily play well the year before they came to Washington. Wiley you know, was a serviceable, you know, middle of the road, decent right tackle uh, for for the for the Super Bowl winning Chiefs last year. So I think you're going to get kind of that level of play. You know, there are going to be times that he's going to get dominated and he's going to get beat. But I think he's going to be he's going to be a, a good enough tackle to uh, to give Sam Howell enough time, you know, most of the time to, to, to run the offense as they intend. I'll get to I'll get to Terry McLaurin in a second, but since we're we're on the lines, you, you worried at all about the um about the health of the defensive line, John Allen with the plantar fasciitis and Fedarian Mathis not playing, or was that more precautionary? 
I think it was mostly precautionary. I think all of those guys would have played if it was a real game, Chase Young included. Um, I, I think that, you know, they were trying to prevent, you know, guys who had lingering issues to become bigger issues. Obviously, you ended up with the uh, Terry McLaurin injury, which is uh, unfortunate. But um, I, I think even Charles Leno on the offensive line, I think a lot of these, almost all of these guys, maybe all of them, period, would have played had this been a regular season game. Um, so I, I wasn't too concerned about the guys that were sitting out. Were you guys able to talk to Terry after the game or, or was he off limits be, because of an injury? Yeah, we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk to Terry and I didn't see him uh, in the locker room either. Um, you know, negative x-rays, uh, they're doing the MRI today. Um, sounds like it's a bit of a turf toe injury. Commanders are trying to downplay it as not a big deal and, you know, hopefully he'll be ready. Let's hope that's the case. Those those toe injuries are always difficult because yeah. when guys are trying to come back from them, often they'll change the gait that they run or, you know, kind of differ the way that they go about their business, which may cause other injuries or other sorenesses that they're not used to. So let's just hope it's uh, as minor of an injury as they're trying to tell us it is and that Terry's ready to go uh, September 10th. Amen to that. What didn't you like that you saw out there last night? Um, you know what, there really wasn't, uh, the, the biggest thing that I think there is to dislike is what we've seen, uh, on the first possession from the, uh, commander's defense in both of the first two weeks. Um, mm. you know, Jack Del Rio's talked about wanting to get out fast and create more turnovers. And certainly we're seeing the, the latter of that, you know, happen a little bit, but, um, last night's opening drive for the Ravens was what, six plays, two minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, I believe they had, uh, one uh, second down the entire drive um, that was from an incomplete pass. And that just can't happen. You can't let guys come out and, and walk down the field and score. And that happened last week against the Browns as well. You know, you got to, uh, you got to, you got to not put your uh, offense behind the, behind the eight ball uh, that quickly. Um, and then the second thing also kind of defensively part of it from guys that aren't playing, you know, but they've had one sack through two preseason games and not really a whole lot of pressure either. So that's uh that's something that's got to change and got to get better. Yeah, I I'm, I'm split on on both well on both uh, uh, Emmanuel Forbes and and Quan Martin. Although I guess I probably shouldn't because again, they're rookies. I think their play kind of encapsulated perfectly where they are. Forbes had that that great stop on a on a third and short, uh, but then you know uh, got missed a tackle that I think led to that first touchdown. Martin gets beat on that shot to the end zone, but recovers and is able to make a pick that turns it into a 57 yard return. Um, it, it seems like those guys are just, it's just that they're kind of where they're supposed to be at this point. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, they're playing in their first NFL games, you know, getting a feel for things, you know, there's, you can be disappointed about, you know, some of the, um, you know, some of the stuff you've seen from both of them, but they've both had, had real shining moments. I mean, Forbes on that third and one yesterday, slicing through the defense and making a tackle on the backfield, showing a little physicality. Same thing we saw at the goal line uh, last week against uh, the Browns. I mean, if that's a part of his game that I don't think anyone really highlighted too much coming out of school, obviously it was mostly the turnovers and, you know, what he could do in, in pass defense, but that's a, that's a real upgrade at the corner position. A guy who's, you know, being able to be that physical and, and make those tackles, even though he weighs, you know, a buck 50 soaking wet. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but on Martin, you got to really like, you know, the interception, like 
that's an incredibly athletic play that is just kind of special. But he gets kind of beat on the play. But what I loved about it was he didn't give up on it. And he did a, such a good job of reading the receiver's eyes when the receiver's hands went up. That's when Quan threw his hands, you know, in between the receivers to, to to break up the pass and you know not let him score. And just that that kind of effort play from a guy like that is 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 important. Now, on the first possession of the game, Quan had a little bit of a of a coverage bust, but I think that's you know that's might be just a little bit of a you know, of youth and, and not knowing, kind of not reading the offense quite correctly uh, on who he needed to cover. But overall, I think both those guys have shown shown a fair amount here in camp and in the preseason. And uh, I really like what we've seen from Emmanuel Forbes and kind of his um, his ability to battle and and uh, and, uh, and and uh, and and create uh, chaos on the on the defensive side. Okay, so where do we go from here now this week? Obviously, probably nobody I'm expecting is playing. In Cincinnati, what are you guys? You and JP, you're there at you're there at camp. You're watching, or I guess now camp's over and it's just practice. But you're watching practice. What do we want to see that says this is good news in practice this week? I mean, seeing Terry McLaurin out there would be great. <laughs> that would <laughs> I don't be expect very nice. that to happen, but you yeah. know that would be. I would say that would be the number one thing. Honestly, this week it's, it's the schedule is so weird because. You know, they're playing a Monday night game and now they have a short week to a Saturday, you know, third preseason game. That's mostly for, you know, the backups. To me, these couple days of practice, they're going to be out there practicing uh, Wednesday, Thursday this week and then um, off on Friday for the game on Saturday is mostly going to be about kind of this these back end of the roster battles. I think, you know, wide receiver, it's going to be is it going to be Kaz Allen, you know, or Mitchell Tinsley, maybe Bryson Tremaine. Uh, those guys, I think, you know, offensive line, there's some some questions about what the back end of this thing uh, is going to look like. Do they keep three centers, including Tyler Larson and Ricky Stromberg? Do they, you know, move on from Tyler Larson and, you know, maybe keep an extra guard, a, a Nolan Laufenberg type, or maybe an Aaron Montero who has a little bit of uh, tackle position play? You know, I think you can go down the roster and look at some of these, um, look at some of these battles and try and figure out what's going to happen. Uh, certainly defensive end is going to be a fun one to watch. Andre Jones is a guy, uh, seventh rounder out of Louisiana Lafayette, who's popped uh, both in camp and, and in games. And, you know, he got some one reps against the uh, Ravens in the joint practices and played a fair amount in the game last night. And, you know, has looked relatively well at a nice uh, TFL last night, tackle for loss last night. Uh, KJ Henry, fifth rounder from Clemson. How does he fit in with last year's seventh rounder, you know, William Bradley King and just, It'll be interesting to see kind of how some of these, uh, you know, back end of the rotation uh, battles play out. But ultimately, you know, you're looking at a roster that you probably know 45 players of, maybe a couple more. So there's not a ton of battles that are that are really, really raging right now. And and then, uh, you know, once you get through that third preseason game, that's when, you know, you start game planning and start working on specific things for the Cardinals and for the upcoming season. So, uh It'll be uh, it's going to be a, a fun week of practice. And, you know, uh, I loved last night uh, in the game. They had Jeremy Reeves do the opening, uh, you know, breakdown of the of the huddle for the commanders. He's a guy that perfectly encapsulates everything that the preseason's about. You know, he made the team based on preseason and special teams play, obviously, is has has been elevated to a starter and a Pro Bowl uh, Pro Bowl player. And, you know, if anybody has a question of 
are these games important or should they should they play them? A guy like Jeremy Reeves is the exact example of why they're important, why they should be played, and uh, and why teams uh, still want to you know continue to hold them to figure out you know who's who. I'm not even going to ask you about the Josh Harris handshake that's been done to death. But one more Josh Harris hands, uh, one more Josh Harris question though: the locker room post game. Uh, has he raised the game on the PB and J's? Because I know that's the big man's, you know, that's his area of interest there. It is. The PB and J's are usually a road road situation. Um, ah, I did not know that. They have them sometimes during the season at home, but they have a lot of their own catering at home. So it's not always PB and J's. They have a bunch of other stuff in there. When we get on the road uh, for a regular season game, we'll have to to check it out and see what see what they look like. And I always forget, is it smooth or crunchy that we go with? Always crunchy. Always, always crunchy. crunchy. Not, hey, we're not toddlers anymore. We have teeth. <laughs> we need a little bit of texture in there. I don't need to eat gooey on gooey on gooey. So, yeah, give me a good crunchy grape, uh, grape J, uh, PB&J, and I'm a happy man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, hey, let everybody know. Where can they find you on Twitter? And once again, even though I know they already know where to find the Beltway Podcast, mm-hmm. give it a plug. Yeah, um, on Twitter and Instagram at Mitch underscore uh, Tischler. And yeah, Beltway Football Pod, anywhere you get your good podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, all the good ones. Sounds good. I know it was a late night, so thanks for joining us today, big man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Mitch, always good sport. Yeah, we appreciate him being on. I got a feeling we're going to be talking to Mitch a lot this year. That's going to do it for us, Mick and the Clock on the Wall. So we got to get on out here. Don't forget, you can find us Spotify, iTunes, the Hockey Podcast Network website, or any place to find podcasts or sold. Have a great week, everybody. We'll wrap up the preseason next time. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. I've been around for a long, long year. So many a man, so great. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Damn sure the pilot washed his hands to seal his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what puzzling you is the nature of my game. Stuck around St. Petersburg. When I saw it was a time for a change Killed the saw and its ministers Anastasia screamed in vain I rode a tank, held a generous rank When the blitzkrieg raged